I often see floor plans where a bedroom has been added and if that were to go ahead, it would almost certainly devalue the property. So this is a fantastic strategy for adding value to the property, but you need to make really informed decisions about its viability. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello everyone. Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. And today we're going to be talking about adding a bedroom to your project. Now, a few weeks ago, we had the stats guru, John Linderman on, and one of the things that he talked about is the function in realestate.com to determine, to see the difference in median house price between a two-bedder and a three, a three-bedder and a four, and using that as an indication to know whether there's value in adding a bedroom. And which is something that we use as, you know, to provide some indication of where the profit potential lies in a property. But I often see floor plans where a bedroom has been added and if that were to go ahead, it would almost certainly devalue the property. So this is a fantastic strategy for adding value to the property, but you need to make really informed decisions about its viability. And so Stephen said to me that the topic of this um, session was very negative, why when adding a bedroom doesn't always add value. But I guess what I want to do is to give you the steps to making that um, decision, the things to consider when you think that adding, let's say you go to realestate.com and from what you can see that there is value in adding a bedroom. So what sort of analysis can you do? So we have a process called Cosmetic Plus Renovating. And in that process, the floor plan, it's the biggest sort of consideration in terms of adding value. So we add value on multiple levels, but the floor plan, really, if you get this right, it's an it's a winner. And if you get it wrong, it's a deal breaker. And so that's what we're talking about, creating the ideal floor plan for your property. And as I mentioned, we go to realestate.com and I have just got done a couple here to look at, you know, what difference in median house price, which is not an overly reliable number anyhow, what difference does there seem to be between the two and the three and the three and the four? So here I've looked at Bendigo and the difference between the two and the three is 25,000 and the three and the four is 325,000. In Wynnum, which is in Queensland, between the two and the three, it's 32,000. And the three and the four, it's 329,000. Then I went to higher valued areas. Preston, uh, where between the two and the three is 
29,000. And the three and the four is 208. And Ride in New South Wales, where there weren't enough two-bedroom houses to have a number, which is an interesting point and something I'd probably dig a bit further into. And then the three and the four, there's 215,000. I did look at also Surrey Hills in Victoria compared to Surrey Hills in New South Wales. And in those suburbs, the bigger difference, as in like 600,000 difference, was between the two and the three bedroom house. So um, I know that I guess it looks like there's a pattern here, but um, yes, that's not a consistent pattern across the board. And so if you were to look at that, you would think, okay, so there's definitely, if I put a, a, an extra bedroom in my three better, that's definitely going to add two or 300,000 profit to it. But it's, it's a mistake to just rely on stats. And I've just got a little video to share with you to demonstrate the problem with that thinking. It's a little bit funny, but uh, makes a very good point. What else have been to Big data is that we live by big data. I love statistics, big data, analytics, whatever. But here's the thing. When it comes to big data, there's a lot of bad data out there. Because statistics can be manipulated. To show you how you can manipulate statistics, these are actual true statistics. Watch what I do with them. These are actual true. Uh, it turns out in China, there's about 1.4 billion people in China, right? 1.4. There are 7 billion people on Earth. Therefore, statistically, it cannot be argued one out of every five babies born on Earth are, in fact, Chinese. So you could say, statistically, if you got four kids, you're expecting a fifth, it will be Chinese. <laughs> So, yeah, it's funny, but it does make the point that you can't rely purely on statistics. And so now I want to um, go through the uh, things that you want to think about when you're uh, thinking about adding a bedroom. And at the end, I'll give you a case study of one that's been done very badly. And so, and it really just brings out, I think brings home the, the value of being really careful about your floor plan and in particular, the bedroom numbers. So obviously with, uh, when you're considering adding any room to a house, you've got to weigh up what it costs um, against the value that it will add. So that's sort of 101. And of course, if you can manage the bedroom, get an extra bedroom into the existing floor plan, then that's the most cost-effective um, way in order to do it. But you, you need to make sure if you're putting it into the existing floor plan that it doesn't have a knock-on effect, uh, a negative knock-on effect. You want it all to be positive if you can manage it. And so they're the next things that we you want to think about. So we'll move into the next slide. Okay. So will the size be adequate? A really small bedroom might not add value. And if it takes space from something else, may actually take away value. So the dimensions of a bedroom, one wall needs to be at least 2.6 metres because a bed measures slightly over two metres. So in order to get around the end of the bed, then you need to have at least 600 to be able to do that comfortably. Then the other wall 
needs to be no less than 2.4 metres. And this is excluding storage. If you've got wardrobes to go in, you want to, you'll need to add those on because, you know, like a single bed is 900 wide. Um, so 2.4 metres would give you roughly uh, 750 either side. Um, if you take a wardrobe out of that, it'll be less. It's a pretty small room. And what you don't want is bringing negative comments to your floor plan. If you're going to put a bedroom in, it needs to be usable. So think about the position of the bedroom in the house. Is the position logical? How do you access it? I've seen floor plans where you access a bedroom through another bedroom. Not a good idea. It's not a positive. So you really want the bedroom to be coming off a hallway is it an island? Is it is it locked away from the rest of the bedrooms in its house in the house? So if that's the case, then you really want to think about how you can make that position look logical. You might not call it a bedroom. You might call it a study stroke spare bedroom or something to that effect. Now you might think that buyers can work that out for themselves, but I can assure you that. Generally speaking, buyers don't have a lot of imagination. And so, you know, if you want them to know something about the layout of the house, you need to tell them and make it really clear by putting a sofa bed and a desk in there makes it pretty clear and get it onto the floor plan as well, the use of the room. Then you want to think about the ratios. Now, um, firstly, how many bedrooms are in the house already? So if you you know that going to a three to a four, you're going to get a big um, uplift. But if you've got four or five bedrooms, it's unlikely that you will add a lot of value by adding a bedroom. In fact, we did a project or quite a few years ago that had six bedrooms and we actually took one of the bedrooms out and created another living area with it. Um, because it was short on living areas. So you want to look at the ratio of bedrooms to bathrooms. So generally speaking, with a obviously a one better, it'll have one bath. Two better, you'll want to have either two, one or two bath bathrooms. Now, you would put two in if it, it was a higher value property and it was likely to have um, like maybe rent, rented out room by room. Um, you get a lot more if there's a bathroom uh, attached to the room and so on. Then three, so three bedrooms, you want at least one and a half bathrooms and four bedrooms, you want one and a half to two and a half bathrooms. So really important ratios to keep in mind. So with the living areas, you want one, two and three bedroom homes. You want one living area and maybe an additional outdoor living area as well. But these days, that's pretty much essential. But once you get into four bedrooms, you need to have two living areas. If you're likely to have more than three people living in that house, you want to be able to provide some separation in terms of their, their living um, activities. Number five is, does it work with your strategy? Now, if you are renovating to sell or renovating to hold, you've got two different markets. 
Now, if you're renovating to sell, your market will be much more critical than if you are planning to rent it out. So often if someone's renting a property, they're grateful for the space regardless of where it is. But if you're selling, they're very picky and they get pickier as, high, as the price point goes up. And so you really want to know your buyer. This is where your research comes in and really understanding your buyer. So often, rather than adding a fourth bedroom to a three-bedder, you may be better to add a second bathroom and have three beds, two baths, rather than compromising the floor space and adding another smaller bedroom. So yeah, really do your research and make sure that you understand your market before you progress with that decision. Downsizes are a big market in renovations at the moment and they have very specific needs. So you really, if you're likely to be selling to a downsizer, then you want to really uh, make sure that you understand what they need in a home. Okay, so I said that I'd show you an example, a property that really made every mistake that's possible to make. And this is a really big home just around the corner from us. And it's been on the market for over a year. And part of that is pricing. Um, they have really got their pricing all wrong. But the other part of it is the floor plan. And so I just did the analysis on our suburb via realestate.com, or I just checked the stats, to be honest. And it came up that a four bed house in our area, the median house price is 2.92 million. At the time this house got went on the market, it's just over from us there were two houses in our street sold they were four bedroom houses one sold for 4.5 million the other one sold was fully the second one was fully renovated it sold for 4.9 million now this house has an eight bedrooms um went on the market at the same time but is they had it started out at a price of 5 million and it's down at the moment i think to 3.8 I think they're on their third agent. And yeah, so just keep in mind, it's not just about the floor plan, but the floor plans definitely played a big part in this. Okay, so here it is. It's an eight bedroom, five bathroom, four car park property. You would think that this would be a, an amazing home uh, for this area where it's hard to get a big house. It's hard to get car parking. And it was an old restaurant and they did a renovation. I guess from my point of view, I personally think they did a budget renovation on a home that they were planning to flip. Now, I'm not talking about budget about costs. I'm talking about budget as in got that low, like that mentality that it's good enough. And I really think that it has been a big mistake. We've just got a few slides to show you. Like some of the rooms are pretty good. Okay, but here's the floor plan. And I think this is just about everything that I've talked about in our steps has not been considered here. So firstly, I think these guys have tried to please everyone and in the end have, have pleased no one. So this is an eight-bedroom 
home that can be divided into two dwellings. It's got two kitchens. Um, it's massive. Um, so it's got lots of bedrooms and it's got lots of bathrooms, but none of it is logical. It's also got a wine cellar. So it could have been something really magnificent, but they've really tried to hedge their bets and not done a very good job of it, I don't think. So firstly, the attic. So when you look at knowing your buyer, I don't really know who's going to be the buyer for this because it's got eight bedrooms and it can be, I, I'm assuming it can be um, rented out separately, but, you know, we're, we're talking a $5 million price point. Um, I think it's unusual that you would have someone buy that in order to rent it out and particularly the way the bedrooms and bathrooms are set up. So on the very top floor, you've got an attic bedroom with no bathroom, okay? So you have to go down the stairs to go to a bathroom. On the next level, you've got a tiny bedroom with an, a, a tiny bathroom adjacent and then a massive bedroom that has to share the tiny bathroom with the tiny bedroom. On the next floor down, so that bathroom ratio doesn't work. The next floor down, we've got one small bedroom, smallish bedroom, and it's got two bathrooms, okay, on that floor. And then the next floor down, we've got one, two, three, four, five bedrooms and one, two bathrooms or three bathrooms. We've got bathrooms. When I was talking about managing the, the access to the room, we've got a bathroom off the lounge room. We've got a bedroom directly onto the lounge room. We've got bedrooms off living rooms, bedrooms off kitchens. So it really is a rabbit warren. And I know that you would not, like, make all those mistakes, but I do want you to think really carefully about who your buyer is. Uh, or if it's a, a buy and hold, if even in higher price points in investment properties, people or tenants uh, really have the same needs as buyers. Obviously, they don't have so much power to have what they want, but really getting to know your end user is the moral to the story. And that's all I have for today. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.